Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Isn't that good news? God is so... That's right. That's worth clapping about. By the way, uh, in the corner, in the clapping section, uh, uh, is the cross. And you know that that is our prayer corner. And any time in the service, should the Spirit of God prompt you uh, to pray, to be prayed for, uh, you're free to get up and just go. And uh, Stephanie and Deborah back there, and they're waiting and ready to pray with you or someone you care about or something you care about at any time during the service because uh, we believe in pervasive prayer. And so the prayer corner is there for you. Well, at Community Covenant Church, our mission is to bring Christ's hope, His healing, and His wholeness to our community and to our world. And we know that we are better together. We're partners in that, that He is calling us as a faith community to, to go and, and we go into the local community, we go out into Alaska, and indeed globally to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and our world. But we have partners in that work, and it's great. And this morning I had the privilege of introducing one of our very, very important partners. When we talk about bringing Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world, uh, that's something that we're asking God just to give us a heart for, just a a burning desire to be a, a part of his kingdom work. And in our Alaska conference, we are privileged to have a man that is leading us in that mission. In fact, uh, I know a lot of people, but few of them have that heart, have that burning in their heart to see Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness come to our community, to our great state of Alaska, and to the world like our conference superintendent, Curtis Ivanoff. And Curtis is a great friend of Community Covenant Church. He's a great leader for our Covenant Church in the state of Alaska. And I count him as a personal friend who has been of great encouragement to me during my four years uh, as your pastor. So I want to welcome Curtis this morning. He's uh, bringing the Word of God to us. He has something very important to say. Um, but let's welcome him and give him a, a great Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Pastor Todd. It's good to uh, come to worship with you this morning. And now I want to make an introduction before I share the words. So come on up, Alex. This is Alex Rahill. Alex uh, serves our denomination as the director of church planting and uh, has been doing that now for just about a year. Uh, Alex, before that, was a pastor in the Detroit, Michigan area. And uh, so this is his very first visit to Alaska. He arrived on the first day of snow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so just... Uh, is it like this all the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Alex, you should know, is a Sparty. So uh, if you know anything about Michigan State, Michigan, he's on the Michigan State side. So, But Alex, we welcome you to Alaska. I just want to give you a chance to share a few things about uh, what you're encouraged about and the work you do with our denomination, with, yeah. uh, with church planting. Well, Good morning. One of the things, so I went to Michigan State, and, uh, and so we won yesterday, and that was pretty awesome. And, uh, but one of our mantras as a church was, Jesus is bigger than the Big Ten. <laughs> Amen. All right? So, 
Can you say that with me? <laughs> Jesus is bigger than the Big Ten. And of course, that meant that our ultimate allegiance is to Jesus Amen. over and above our lesser allegiances, which are fine to have as long as they're surrendered to him. But uh, I just, uh, I'm thankful to be here. I just want to share a little bit of good news with you. And, and, and then I know what we want to hear from Curtis. But would you turn to the person next to you and just tell them that God has a purpose for you? Fist bump them. Give them a fist bump. And you can forgive me. This is my first time to Alaska. I should have had you forgive me. So I'm sure I'll, I'll violate some cultural mores and just go, he's new here. Just give him yeah, a break. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm the director of church planting. Our church planting efforts this year have grown by 100%. That's doubled. We've doubled the number of church plants. Isn't that awesome? Amen. But we don't just start churches. See, Jesus said in John 20, 21, you talked, I just heard your mission. Your mission is to share what? Christ's hope, Christ's healing, and Christ's wholeness. That word mission comes from that phrase that Jesus shared with his followers, which is, as the Father sent me, so I send you. And the Latin word for sent is missive or mission. It means to send something with a specific purpose. And you're sent. And so I want to thank you for saying yes to God's calling. This church was at one time not in existence. But a bunch of people who felt called by God to reach this community and share Christ's hope that there are better days ahead, that there's a life, there's forgiveness, there's newness in Christ. They said, this is worth us taking a risk, going on mission, and doing the work of the God in this community. And my prayer is that you continue to do that. There are other churches that are in existence because you said yes to God. And every church is a mission outpost. And so thank you for serving in the mission. And I look forward to ways we can partner more deeply in the mission. Because when healthy missional churches do what they're called to do, people get reached, lives get changed, communities get transformed, and the world has hope. Amen. And we need hope. So Amen. thank you for having me here. I'm looking forward to getting to know some of you. And, uh, and hopefully we'll continue to partner together. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Curtis. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's good to be in partnership. We're, we're part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Amen? And it's the work of the gospel of Jesus. So, um, all right, y'all. Um, I grew up in a village. I grew up in Unalakleet. Um, and in the village, man, we have village time. And uh, so, but I have to shift when I come into places where it's not village time. And this is one of those places. So I know I've got about 20 minutes. And I've, I've learned you, you're supposed to preach about two things. Preach about Jesus and preach about 20 minutes. So, uh, so bear with me. I'm going to give it a shot, okay? Yeah. Would you pray with me as we look into God's Word? Yeah. God, we're grateful for these moments together to worship you and to hear your Word. So, Holy Spirit, quicken our hearts to your voice, to your Holy Word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We live in a beautiful place, don't we? Beautiful place, beautiful creation, God's creation, um, and there's beautiful people here. I was just at the Alaska Federation of Natives um, conference, which happens annually. It just ended yesterday. I went to Kuyan, Alaska, which is a, a celebration of culture and a time when groups from around the state uh, share, dance. And I just heard one of the most awesome stories that was, was shared through a dance, and it was a, it was a love story. 
It was a story of a man, and this was, this was in the area of the Copper River, uh, Glen Allen, where Atna and Eak people uh, you know, live and, and lived. And they talked about how they would, they would intermingle with Athabascan Indians up the river. And, um, and so this man met a woman who he really became uh, you know, attracted to and was, was drawn to. And, but he, he left and went back to his home and just couldn't stop thinking of her. And so he wrote a song. And in the song he said, uh, he spoke of his love for her. And he said, in the, the motions in the song were, were like this. They were, they were dancing. And he said, I'm going to walk through the mountains to go find you. And I thought, man, Jesus would walk through the mountains to find you and I. Jesus would walk through the mountains to find any lost person here in this land, in our communities, uh, in this state, in the world. Jesus would walk through the mountains. And Jesus did walk through the mountains all the way to Calvary. Hmm? Amen? I'm the grandson of Glenn, or the son of Glenn and Betty Ivanoff the grandson of Paul and May Ivanov, and the great-grandson of Jalavalok and Mulgoy, Stefan and Amelia Ivanov. I'm the grandson of a German farmer from South Dakota and the grandson of a Norwegian, uh, uh, grandson of his Norwegian wife who lived in South Dakota. And once in a while, you know, having grown up in the village, I have Alaska Native culture uh, that's my cultural viewpoint, but I work at getting in, in touch with my inner Norwegian, inner German. So every Thanksgiving and every, every Christmas, I make lefse from scratch. No instant mashed potatoes, none of those from Costco. No, I've got a potato ricer. I've got the works, man. And, and so I've, 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 got it. I've been working at it. And so we, we make lefse. I make lefse in our house, and, uh, and we have lefse. And then I've learned to pile my bratwurst high with sauerkraut and, and just mustard. No ketchup. No ketchup to get in touch with my, with my inner German. Friends, there's a beautiful picture that was shared with you in Revelation that Tyler read just a moment ago. Every nation, tribe, language, tongue will be gathered around the throne. Every nation, every people it's a picture. And so this morning, that's, I want you to think in terms of picture. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of picture this morning. And, and I want us to lift our eyes up to this powerful and really cosmic, if you will, picture of what Jesus came for and has been about ever since his mission and ministry when he walked the earth and then entrusted it to his people, us, those who follow him. So that that picture would develop and become more and more a reality of every people, every nation, every tribe and tongue would worship together around the throne on Sunday mornings and wherever we would gather. It's a powerful picture and one that, that um, I'm just going to share my heart with you this morning about you've been in the sermon series of a shared life, compelling Christian community and I was given somewhat of a, a blank slate, like, you know, share what's on your heart. This is our series. And the Lord just laid on my heart a shared life of all peoples. The picture we see in Revelation chapter 7. 
Uh, I get to travel around the state, and, I've, and I came across, I feel like, one of the more beautiful metaphors of the gospel message that we read in Ephesians of how it says that we are God's workmanship. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and before that, that's where we read how we've been saved by grace through faith, not by works, how we've been brought from death to life. If we have the picture, um, we could put that up, <clears throat> just have a few of the pictures. This is um, a picture that is of redemption, and of how, to me, this is a picture of the church. And let me explain. Up, you see two things. One is trash. Mar- they call it marine debris. This is a piece of art from Nunavak Island, McCorick, where we have a covenant church. And the, the people there gather marine debris, the rope, and they take it apart strand by strand and use that to, as thread and weave together what you see behind it. They call it a gajnak. It's a, it's a bag. They make all kinds of sizes and shapes. But that has been woven together. I think it's, it's beautiful because it has redeemed marine debris. Like Jesus has redeemed you and I. And we are his workmanship together. And you see blue rope, yellow rope, orange rope, white rope, green rope. Woven together. All colors, all people. We are are his workmanship. I honestly, I've, I've applied that scripture and said, thought of it in terms of you. You personally are his workmanship. And then I realized, you know, that's talking about you are his workmanship. It's a beautiful picture and powerful picture of how we're being brought from death to life and are being woven together. We are his workmanship. And in that, in that writing and in the story, this, this big story of what Jesus is doing in the world. He is weaving together people of all colors to be found one in Him. And boy, oh boy, that is some hard work. That's why, that's why I think the writer said we're His workmanship because we are in process of allowing this picture to develop in our lives and in our community. You know? We're His workmanship. We have, a, we have a wonderful history of God at work here in Alaska of the gospel through um, our covenant church. I'm, I'm really um, thankful to be a part of this church and, and the heritage that we have. And if we could show up the next picture. Um, this picture is from 1947. The 1947, this was the 60th anniversary um, of the covenant people, of the covenant church at work in Alaska. It was in 1887 when two men came from Sweden via San Francisco. They boarded a steamer, and uh, one of them stopped in Yakutat and began work of the covenant in Yakutat. So if you're ever playing Covenant Church Trivia of Alaska, and someone says, where did the first work begin in Alaska? Most people will think Unicleet because that's where the work has remained and continued, but it's Yakutat. So just file that away, would you? <laughs> but one stayed in Yakutat, and the, the other man, Axel Carlson, continued on and landed in Unicleet. Uh, in the 50s, the work in Yakutat, we traded with, um, I think it was either the Presbyterians or um, another church, with the work in Wales. Um, but the work began. But see, you look at this picture. This is 1947. 28 years before that, the work in Alaska was, was, um, was uh, hanging by the thread of one missionary in terms of the, it being a mission work. One man was here as a missionary, Ellie Austin, a call was given to plant churches, actually, Alex. 1919, a call was given. It's your turn to plant a church, or to, to send, actually, to send. 
And they sent the man who is uh, second from the left, Wilson Ganungdon. Actually, those two men are church planters. They have a heritage of planting churches. The one there second from the left is Wilson Ganungdon. He and his wife went to Mountain Village in 1919 and, and began the work in, in Mountain Village. Uh, the other one, Jacob Kinnick, went to McCorick in 1936 where... We could say this metaphor, the gospel, you know. He, he began the work in McCorick. But in that picture is, is uh, Jacob Kinnick and Wilson Ganungan and Reuben Panipchuk and Joshua Awanona and their, their wives. And behind them we see the founder of Missionary Aviation Repair Center, Roel Amundsen. We see the founder of Covenant High School and a pastor, Maynard Lomberg. The president of the denomination, T.W. Anderson, is there with the black hat, the big tall guy. And then someone pointed out, that we think that might be Byron Bruckner right next to him. Uh, someone said, yeah, I think that's Byron. <laughs> you know, he's been around for a while. Uh, then there's Walter Anderson, the guy on the far, far right, um, whose, whose great nephew is a pastor in Bethlehem, associate pastor. Um, here's what's beautiful to me about the picture. There's people of different nations in that picture. Those are brothers and sisters gathered for the sake of the work of the gospel. Native and non-native. Working together. And you know, that's, that's a part of... I want, I want you to know, that's in our DNA as a covenant church in Alaska. It's in our DNA to, to serve, to be in partnership in the work of the gospel together. Native and non-native. People of different tongues. And, it's, and, and native, mind you, isn't just a one-size-fits-all. There's Inupaks. There's Yupiks. There's Jupik people from Nunavak Island. Uh, and, and they're different. They're different. And it captures that beauty of, of, the, of that picture from, from Revelation. So it's a part of our DNA. And I know full well that it's hard work to, when you come together with different cultures and different nationalities, it's hard work. But friends, this is the work and the power of the gospel and a part of our call. Part of our call to be a part of that picture from Revelation becoming and being real in a reality. So it's a part of our DNA, and it's a, it's a challenging work, but a gospel work. This is, this is something that, that should seep into our bones, this, this, really this theology, this, this, this biblical call to, to love our neighbors, to love people who are different than us, to see people who are different than us, to learn stories and such. You can put the next picture up. Last year, I had a chance to participate in a thing called Journey to Mosaic. It's a, it's a learning experience that the Pacific Northwest Conference does. And that is a picture of the last gathering we had. It was on Sunday morning after church in the afternoon. We gathered together to debrief. And you should know in that circle, you can't really see because the faces are small. We're gathered to celebrate communion. And we're gathered to debrief what we had experienced. We had went for three days on bus. We learned about histories of, of Chinese um, Americans and some of the tragic things that happened to them in Tacoma in the 1880s with them being 
forcibly removed from Tacoma. We learned of histories of Japanese internment camps. Um, from uh, in, there's a Jap, there's a the Nisei Veterans Committee, I think is what it's called, in Seattle. Um, we heard stories of um, of Latino people. We heard the stories of Native Hawaiians. As one of our facilitators is a pastor who's Native Hawaiian, and how Hawaii was taken over uh, by our government. We heard stories. We went to Portland and went into an inner city church and heard from the president of the NAACP and a black pastor. And, and then we spent a day on the Yakima Indian Reservation and heard history of boarding schools. And, and we heard challenging stories. Stories of why they say we're God's workmanship, you know. Stories of, of history that, that's hard. Histories. And, and why we need Jesus, you know. We gathered, though, in that circle, and, and um, I, I began to just weep as, as we heard, went around and heard people's sharing. And, and what we heard was, wow, I had no idea. And, and in that circle, we had people of all those different ethnicities. We went together. We listened together. We looked and we heard the stories of, of pain. And on Sunday afternoon, we fixed our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and perfect of our faith. And, and we, we, we remembered the story of what brings us together. We remember the story of who it is. And it says after Ephesians, and in that passage where we are God's workmanship, it says that Jesus came. He came to tear down dividing walls of hostility between Jews and Gentiles. And I believe, we believe that it's every dividing wall of hostility. Jesus came to, to tear those down. And last week, if you were here, Mike Alberts preached about we're God's ambassadors. It was a passage from 2 Corinthians 5 where we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. And friends, that's a high call. It's an, and it's a significant call. It's a significant, significant call always. And it's a significant call for us today. For us to be in tune to what is happening in our world with different peoples, historically, but then just what's happening today. And not filtering it through CNN or Fox, but sitting down and having coffee and talking with like my friend Robert, colleague who's superintendent of the Southeast Conference. He grew up in Alabama. We were sitting in California at his alma mater, Pepperdine, just a few months ago, having, having lunch together. And he said, oh, Curtis... If this was the 1960s or a little before, if this was when I was growing up, I'd have to be like this to you. I could not be in public with you, Curtis, and look at you eye to eye. That was how I grew up, Curtis. A few years before, we were in Savannah, Georgia, and, and I'm with Robert on a walk. It's early in the morning. And he goes, oh, Curtis, we're in Savannah, Georgia, and there's all these beautiful trees, you know, and Savannah's a pretty place. And he goes, oh, Curtis, if these trees could talk. This is where some of my ancestors were hung. If these trees could talk. I was an angry man. I was angry. But Jesus, Jesus changed me and delivered me. And he's one of my mentors and, 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 a, and a warrior, a witness to this, 
working at making this picture reality in our church as a denomination. He came and spoke at our annual meeting in Macoria. <laughs> oh, man, look at all this snow. He couldn't get over the snow, you know. Look at all that snow, man. Sitting down, we, we, we formed this group, just form a group. One, one morning, we went with a walk. I went with a walk with my colleagues, Robert, who's African-American, Greg Yi, who's Chinese-American, fifth generation, who's a superintendent of the Pacific Northwest Conference, Garth Bolander, who's um, he's, he's white, and he serves as a superintendent in the, in the, in the Mid-South Conference in Oklahoma area in Texas, and, and myself. We had, we had dinner one night at a Chinese restaurant, and they hit us. Look at this. Chinese, African ancestry, native, and white brothers serving together to with a heart to make this picture a reality and i'll tell you man that has that has been seeping into my bones and and compels me to to move to walk together and move forward and to be a witness together different nationalities different ethnicities and we we said man we're, we're this is like the Lord of the Rings instead of the Fellowship of the Rings. This is the Fellowship of the Sticks, the Chopsticks, man, as we're eating, eating together. So we have, we're the Fellowship of the Sticks, bound together in Christ, listening to each other's stories and histories and longing for there to be unity that's, that is nurtured and kept, knowing that we're, it's challenging in our, in our society, isn't it? But oh, to be a student. So one year ago, at the it was one year ago today, but it was on Saturday, uh, at the Alaska Federation of Natives, the Presbyterian Church read an official apology to Alaska Native peoples. I don't know if you're aware of that, um, but I, I was up there. I had to leave the day before, and a friend of mine recorded the speech and texted it to me. And I listened to it with great interest. I'm going to read just a few things. We apologize for the pain and suffering that our church's involvement in the Indian boarding school system has caused. We are aware of some of the damage that this cruel and ill-conceived system of assimilation has perpetrated on United States citizens of Native American ancestry. For this, we are truly and most humbly sorry. To those individuals who are physically, sexually, and emotionally abused as students of the Indian boarding schools in which the PC USA was involved, we offer you our most sincere apology. You did nothing wrong. You were, you were and are the victims of evil acts that cannot under any circumstances be justified or excused. I'm going to skip down to this. Even worse, we arrogantly thought that Western European culture and cultural expressions were necessary parts of the gospel of Christ. We imposed our civilization as a condition for your accepting the gospel. We try to make you be like us. And in so doing, we help to diminish the sacred vision that made you who you are. Thus, we demonstrated that we did not fully understand the gospel we were, we're trying to preach. These words have been sitting with me, and, I've, and I have sought discernment like, wow, this, this was some powerful words. And, you know, some people thought, okay, yeah, it's like, all right, we've, we've done our thing. We've apologized, and all right, time to move on. I talked to the leader of the Presbyterian Church. We've had coffee a few times, and, and I've said, boy, tell me, Kurt, his name is Kurt, and tell me about this. What have you seen fruit, what's the fruit been? 
He said, well, you know, it's, people have responded well. And, but boy, this is like a baby step. There's more work to do in the work of reconciliation. Um, you know, right away when I posted this story, someone said, are, are we going to apologize? And I said, well, let's do some history. And, but here's, here's what has, that strikes me about this was a statement about, we tried, we thought that you, we tried to make you be like us. We're always in danger of um, being mm, king of the mountain. You know what I mean? To, to win. And whether it's this story or the, I read a book about Empire of the Sun, Moon, how the Comanches dominated the plains and, you know, won over other Native American groups. But with this history, something that has been seeping into my bones is that every person bears God's image. And it should never be about trying to make someone else be like us or even making God to look like us. We bear his image. But it is about becoming and looking like Jesus. Together, we're his workmanship. There's an African named Laman Sana who has written much um, in this, and I'll close, I'm going to close with this. He wrote in a a writing called Whose Religion is Christianity? And he was telling a story of of his ancestry in Africa and the the cultural challenge of um, seeking to, um, well, seeking what would deliver their people and finding what would, would deliver from from the, the evil spiritual forces in the world that they experienced. And he, he talked about modern secularism and, and things, but he said this, Christianity answered the great cultural challenge of our hearts. People sensed in their hearts that Jesus did not mock their respect for the sacred, and Christianity did not mock their clamor for an invincible Savior. And so they beat their sacred drums for him until the stars skipped and danced in the skies. And after the dance, the stars weren't little anymore. Christianity helped Africans to become renewed Africans, not remade Europeans. Thought, wow, that's, that's powerful. Because we're, we're, his, we're his workmanship. And that's part of the history that, that I think we need to listen to and to engage and to give witness to the good news of Jesus and this picture of revelation of all peoples. Um, I'm Alaska native. And I, and I celebrate and rejoice of coming together with my non-native brothers and sisters because we are one in Christ. But friends, we have such brokenness in our world pertaining to race. And I want to exhort, encourage you to listen. All of us. Me, listen to you. If you're different than me, and vice versa. I think that's what it means to love our neighbor. To be a student of why is it, why was there a gathering on indigenous people? Why, did, why even rename Columbus Day Indigenous People's Day? What's the story behind that besides it? Oh, that's just, just you know, we should, well, I don't do that, you know, and, uh, you know. But to listen. What's the story? So I went to the gathering at APU on, on that day to part of my heritage, you know. But to understand, what's, what's behind that? And how can we as Jesus followers give witness to hope and reconciliation? Because we have this picture, this 
beautiful, powerful picture of being one. That's our common story. A few years ago, a researcher from the University of Washington did research in the Bristol Bay area about the salmon. The healthy, vibrant red salmon run. Largest wild salmon run in the world, right? Why is it so healthy? You know what he discovered? And get this. He said, it's, it, is, it is healthy because there's not just one species of salmon, of red salmon. There are many, many, many species of red salmon. That is what helps contribute to the health and the vibrancy of the red salmon of Bristol Bay. We're not salmon, but boy, every nation, tribe, and tongue is going to be found around the, around the throne saying salvation belongs uh, to God and to God alone. And we, of all peoples, we're his workmanship to give witness to that good news and to that hope in a world that's really broken. So let's step into that. Let's listen and look and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to give witness. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we pray that you would come. And in the meantime, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us to listen. Help us to look. Help us to walk with each other. One in Christ. All peoples, every nation, tribe, and tongue. Awaiting that day when we're all gathered around the throne. In the meantime, help our church to look more like heaven. We love each other, where we are giving witness to the ministry of reconciliation, unity in Christ. This is the only body, the only, the only organization in the world that has this message, that has this hope. And so we give you thanks for that. Pray you empower us and strengthen us to be bold, to be strong and courageous and to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.